Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Hallelujah. You know, uh, I just want to tell you, I'm not a New Year's resolution guy. Anybody? I'm not, I don't make resolutions. Because I believe in being led by the Spirit of God day by day by day. And you know what a resolution is? It's a noose around your neck that you feel like you have to fulfill. It's kind of like a law. Have you ever noticed that people are lawbreakers? That's every one of us in this room is a lawbreaker. You said, I've never broken the law. You mean you've never drifted over 55? (laughs) Some of you live over 55. Have you ever been driving like 80 miles an hour and then you slow down to 55? You feel like, man, I'm never going to get there. That's the, way we, that's the way we are. We don't need to make resolutions. We just need to hear the Spirit of God and listen to Him because I'll tell you what, He is speaking to each and every one of you. He will speak to you day by day. He will speak to you in the darkest moments. He will speak to you when you feel like He is not speaking to you. He will speak to you. Now, I'll just give you a little illustration. It's a true story because it's me. But, um, you know, I'm doing everything right. I'm confessing right. I'm speaking the word. I'm reading my Bible. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. And, man, it feels like God's a thousand miles away. It just seems like he ain't even around. And then I'll just say something like, Jesus, I need your help. And then whoosh. It's not some, the the light, uh, the room doesn't light up. I get a light in here. Goes whoosh. And all of that darkness and all of that, and all of that thing that's weighing me down begins to drift and float away, and all of a sudden I sense the presence of the Holy Spirit within my life who says he will never leave me, he will never forsake me. Life is good with Jesus. Life is good with Jesus. And I'm going to tell you what, I, I go through struggles. There's an old saying we used to, that I used to say, because I got shoes, you got shoes, all God's children got shoes. Let me say it this way. I got problems, you got problems, all God's children got problems. 
But we don't have to let those problems dictate our, the, the reality that we experience with the Lord. And I started last week uh, with the thought of God is not boring. God is not boring. God is not, God is not dull. Our life with Jesus is to be full of life and enthusiasm. As a matter of fact, he said, you can turn there. I might even do some old-fashioned preaching where I use, actually use my Bible. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. But I've got my iPad and I've got my paper. They both have the same thing, just in case my iPad starts it goes to sleep on me. Your, does your electronic stuff ever go to sleep on you? If you don't touch the screen, it'll just, good night, sweetheart, well, it just goes away. <laughs> but anyway, I want to share with you from uh, John chapter 7, verse 37. I think I read it or quoted it last week, but we have got to realize that we are not in a, our, our God is not a statue. Our God is not some picture on the wall. Our God is not some, some relic we carry around. Our God is real and alive and he's on the inside. He is life. Jesus said, I came that you might have life and life more abundantly. Therefore, he is life. He said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So he, if he's living in, in us and his spirit's living in us, then we should not have a dull and boring life because we've got life radiating out of us. But sometimes we have capped the well and we've shut off the valves so that none of it can come out. Say, well, I've got it on the inside of me. Well, God doesn't want you just to have it on the inside of you. He wants it to spill out. Hallelujah. He wouldn't mind a little oil spill. <laughs> Holy Ghost oil spill. Hallelujah. Anyway, we're looking at uh, John chapter 7, verse 37 in the last day. The great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out. In other words, he is making a point. I don't want to do it because I have a mic and I don't want to blow out your eardrums. But Jesus cries out. He says, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes, you know what, if you want to, if you're doubting, read the book of John over and over and over again because the book of John, the gospel of John, is filled with belief. It is the gospel of belief. He says, if it, he, says he who believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his heart or belly or inner man shall flow rivers of living water. You are not a stagnant pond. You are not a, you're not a puddle. You're not, uh, you're not just something that's, uh, that's got pond scum all over it. You have got life bubbling on the inside of you. And he not only says that, well, he says in one place, uh, in another place that you, that there is a, a spring on the inside of you springing up into everlasting life. But this, he goes on, 
He says, he says, uh, he who believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. You have a river, a constant flow that's supposed to be coming out of us. And we are not to cut it off. God is not boring. God is not dull. God is life and life more abundantly. But you say, Pastor, I'm not experiencing it. I don't experience it all the time either. <laughs> I'm not, you know, I just don't go, I just don't walk around like this. Yeah, you can ask Melody. I just don't walk around with a smile. Now, I did. I had somebody drive in this morning and they were looking at me. So I just grinned. <laughs> I just grin. Why? Because I've, because, well, a preacher told me years ago, he said, I always wave and smile at people because that way at least they'll think, you know, I'm a good guy. (laughs) You know, you ought to try it sometime. People don't know. People, what's the first thing they read when they look at you? They look at your face and they determine from that face whether there is danger or not? Should I fight it or flight it? Should I run or should I go? Should I stay or should I go? What should I do when I look at that face? You know, sometimes you don't even have to look at somebody's face. You just walk in a room. You walk into a room and you sense the presence of heaviness. But you know what? I've discovered this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. I do not have to receive the heaviness that's on the inside of a room. Now, they might not receive it and they might get angry at me. I I don't know if you can believe this or not, but you know, I've actually made people angry at me. I've actually made people angry at me, and I don't even try. (laughs) I don't go around thinking, how can I make people angry today? (laughs) But I'm not, but I'm going to refuse to allow, I'm going to stop letting people shut me off or shut me down because they appear to be like they are anger ready you know, just to blast off. When we, when we shut down because of what we perceive that we see, sometimes people are just in need. <laughs> that was an amen. Bless you. Sometimes people are, are in need. And when we, and when we see the, when we see the expression on their face, we shut down. And it's the enemy that's trying to keep us from ministering life to people. It's the enemy trying to shut us down. You know, I was, uh, I was thinking before this, yeah, I do a lot of thinking before the service. There was a song called Sound of Silence. Hello, darkness, my old friend. I come to talk to you again. Anybody remember Simon and Garfunkel? Like a bridge. Oh, that's a better song. 
I was, I was told about a drug dealer, but anyway. Sound of silence. You know, the, one of the enemy's greatest weapons to use with us is silence. My parents told me it's better just you're to be seen and not heard. What a lie of the enemy. You are to be seen and not heard. My mother had another thing for me. She said it's better not to say things and let people think you're a fool than to open your mouth and let them know you are. How about that? Yeah. But you know what? God does not want us to be silent. I was thinking, God, Satan has tried to kill me my whole life. He's tried to kill me my whole life because of the call I have on my life. It just dawned on me the last time I went to the hospital and almost died. I thought, man, God must want me around because I'm still here. Now, you might say, well, yeah, pastor, that's you, but you have a divine call just as much as I do. It might not be standing behind a pulpit. It might not be preaching per se, but you have a light. God, Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify God who's in heaven. Sometimes it's through words. Sometimes it's just through actions. Sometimes, you, sometimes it's just a smile. You know, sometimes don't, people don't reciprocate. It makes you feel strange when you smile at somebody and they don't smile back. They might even growl at you. It doesn't feel comfortable. But you, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Let the smile come out anyway. You know what? The smile doesn't just bless them. It blesses you. Do you know body language will, will affect your body in a positive way? Do you know how you stand will either energize you or pull energy out of you? I used to be, uh, I, I'm not real demonstrative. But I used to be so bashful and so shy, I wouldn't want to make eye contact. Of course, my one eye was about over here to my ear. And when I looked at people, they said, well, who's he looking at? I remember when I was with Scott one time, we were playing, playing at golf. We, we, I didn't play golf. I just played at it. And so I was, you know, I had that eye out and he, and uh, I said, well, if I bring my eyes together, I see double. He said, well, just hit the one in the middle. (laughs) I don't, well, I quit golfing, so I don't think it worked, but, (laughs) but anyway, God's good. I better get back on topic. God is good, he's alive, and he wants to live through you. And you are a, test, you are a testimony for God. The Old, the Old Testament says we are his witnesses. Yeah. 
We are his witnesses. Witnesses is not just, well, uh, if you died tonight, would you go to heaven or hell? That's not witnessing. Witnessing is demonstrating the life of Jesus Christ. Witnessing is, is living in such a way that they would ask you, what is the hope on the inside of you? I remember when it was uh, when it was cool just to look tough. You don't smile. You just you just look tough. Well, you know you're going to be out of place in heaven. And if I get there, that's where I'm headed. Not get. I have it in my notes. I'm going to heaven. But anyway. So, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. You have a spring on the inside of you of ever springing up into everlasting life. You have a river of living water. A lot of the rivers that we see are so, are they're, they're like mucky and dirty. Like the Susquehanna, I was amazed. I went on a float trip one time. On the east side of the river, it's dirty. You get on the west side of the river, man, you can look down and see fish. You can see the bottom. What's the deal? I think that's kind of a, that's kind of a, uh, a, a picture of our life sometimes. We, but we live on the murky side instead of the clear. But when God talks about a river, he's not talking about a murky river. He's talking, he talks about a river in Revelation that is crystal clear, the river of life, which you have. Let me just say this. Father God keeps it fresh and alive, fresh and alive. I want to just tell you this this morning, that singing releases the prophetic for you to either give it or receive it. You can shut down yourself to where even a prophetic word that's given to you, you won't receive it because you're blocked off. Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock. Sometimes, we, sometimes we're so shut up that we keep Jesus out. But Jesus says, I need a way to get in. And, some, and when you sing, when you sing to the Lord, you open yourself up so that you can also receive. It's not just giving, it's also receiving. The Bible says freely you receive, freely give. And the more you give, the more you receive. The more more you receive, the more you give. And it's a cycle that keeps on. And I'm not talking about money this morning. I'm talking about about the life-giving flow that's on the inside of you. And hell wants to shut you down. Hell wants to keep you silent. Hell wants to tell you, don't talk because people don't want to hear you. You're not worthy to speak. I don't care. But the word of God is worthy to be heard. My song will cut through the atmosphere. You know, you, you don't. You might not realize it, but your song sometimes will break through the darkness that is hovering over this region. I remember one time I was in a church. 
in Kansas City, Missouri, and we had this Saturday night prayer meeting, and we had the we kind of had the lights out. There was a, there was a, a small light up towards the front. We were just sitting there, and as I was sitting there, I saw us as we were praying and as we were worshiping that there was this dark cloud over the church. But as soon as we started worshiping and as soon as we started praising, there was like shafts of light that would cut, that would break out the church roof and just shoot through those dark clouds. And as we continued to do that, the light began to pour down through. And I'm telling you that the same thing is, is relevant here, not just the church, but this whole region. The more we worship and praise, not just on Sunday morning, but the more we, 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 we release the life that's on the inside of us. Some of you think you're firing blanks. You don't know what you're firing. The word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. If you're speaking and singing the word, you are breaking through the darkness that is above you. You say, well, Satan's below my feet. Well, the Bible says he's the prince and the power of the air. And he tries to keep you in darkness, but you can release what's on the inside of you. Hallelujah. So anyway, my point was singing, singing the new song or singing releases the prophetic word to either for you to either give it or receive it. You say, well, I'm not a prophet. I didn't say you were a prophet. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, you may all prophesy. Well, how about that? Edification, exhortation, and comfort. You know, when we come to this, when we put greeters at the door, we don't tell them to criticize you when you walk in. Man, that's an ugly looking pair. That's an ugly outfit. We don't, we don't say, man, why did you, man, why don't you do something with your hair? No, 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 no. A greeter is to be anointed to be able to speak in words of life and encouragement. Life and encouragement. You know, even a smile, even a touch, even a shaking of the hand can release life to a person. But I want to prove my point. In, um, in Isaiah 42, verse 9, it says this, Behold, the former things have come to pass, and new things I declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. God wants to inform you before things happen in your life. You know why he said that? Because they were going to their idols to try to get information. They were going to their horoscope. They were going to, they were going to all these different places to be able to hear what the future holds. But God says, I'll tell you before they happen. And then he goes on to say in verse 10, sing to the Lord a new song. 
And I'm going to explain what a new song is because I thought, I thought, what is that new song? Does that mean Joel has to, Pastor Joel has to come up with a new song every week? It has nothing to do with that. You know what? You can, be, you can come up with a new song as you're driving to work. You can come up with a new song as you're, as you're doing your duties at home. You can, you can come up with a new song at any moment of the day. I sometimes get new songs when I wake up in the morning. Thank you, Lord. But let's go on. So he says, sing to the Lord a new song. He said that so that the previous could be applied to your life. The previous was, behold, he says, I declare new, new things. Notice not just new thing. I declare new things. See, God is constantly wanting to make your life new. I declare new things. Uh, he says, new things I declare before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Because, you know, if a new thing would come, people would say, well, I got that from my idol. And they said, God said, no, I'll, get, I'll tell you before they come. That's the way God does it. So sing, honey, sing. Can you smile by faith? My wife asked me one time. You know, I've, I've learned a lot over the years. But my wife asked me one time, she said, do you love me? Well, I was going to Bible school at the time. And one preacher said, he said, if your wife asks you if the meal's good and you lie, you're not a person of faith. Because a person of faith always speaks the truth. Well, she asked me that. She said, honey, do you love me? I don't know if she said, honey, we weren't. There's some, we have ebbs and flows anyway. But she said, do you love me? And I said, by faith. You know what by faith means? I don't feel like it, but I'm going to act like it. It didn't know. It didn't know, no. <laughs> well, she didn't ask me again. I didn't offer that information again. See, I've had to grow in the Lord. It's taken me 45 years. So, and it's, pre- did I have a point for that illustration? I get in trouble. Anyway, so when you sing, it opens the prophetic for you to hear it, for God to speak it to your heart. And for you to release it, for you to release it. Sometimes God, want, sometimes God just wants you to release things out of your inner man so that it will change what's on the outside. So that it will destroy what the enemy is trying to do in your life. You know, you don't have to... You don't have to you don't have to win America's Got Talent contest to sing before the Lord. You don't even have to sing very good at all. Because God says, just make a joyful noise unto the Lord. I'm not saying you have to do it in public. 
most of my, a lot of my singing would be in the privacy of my car. In the private places. Actually, I pray, I pray in here about every day. Go, go to every chair, touch every chair, because I want you, I want you to be blessed, and I want you to sense the anointing. I want you to be healed. I want you to be made whole. Being made whole is not just healing. It could be emotional healing. It just could be breakthrough in your finances. I pray in the Spirit because, the, uh, because we know not what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Do you, do you know what? Uh, in some of our songs where they go, oh, I can't, I, we were doing one this morning. You know, go ahead and do it because we make intercession with groanings which cannot be uttered. How many, times did, how many times have you wanted to go to the Lord and pray and you didn't know what to say? Sometimes just a groan would be sufficient. You don't have to be articulate. Dear Lord, if we were, if we were depending on our, on our articulation, we wouldn't hardly get any prayers answered. One of the greatest prayers that saved my life was help, Lord. I was in a VW Beetle spinning around on ice, black ice, going about 70 miles an hour, hitting the guardrail, bam, bam. I didn't see it. Now thou art great, O heavenly Father, and I am in need. <laughs> no. No, no, no. Help, Lord. I didn't have that. Anyway, help. I need you. Sometimes that's all you have time for. You don't have to be articulate to open the door. Thank you, Lord. Let's go on. In Isaiah 48, verse 18. For us to receive, for us to walk in that newness of life, for us to walk in that river of life and let it to and let it release, we've got to forget the past that has us stuck. He says in Isaiah 40, uh, 43, verse 18, do not remember the former things. Do not remember the former things. Do you have anything that just keeps coming up from your past that has you stuck, that tells you God does not love you, that God won't hear your prayer, that, you know, you, uh, if you hadn't done this and this and this, this wouldn't have happened. The Bible says to forget, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. He says, behold, I will do a new thing. Do you know when you mess up in your past, God will still do a new thing. Hallelujah. God will still do a new thing in your life. He says, behold, I do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I, even I, make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. You are, if you live in a desert, God's got a river for you. Open your mouth and let it come out. 
Some of us are waiting for some exterior blessing to come our way. And God says, I've got the river on the inside of you. I want you to release it so that, that, so that what you need is going to come your way. Most of our miracles become, start in here. Not because we're so great, but because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. You've got so much power on the, we're asking for power and we got more power than we know what to do with on the inside of us. We just haven't connected it. You know, I was here last night. All the lights were out except for the night lights. I don't like night lights, but that's just another thing. But you know what? The power was here for all the lights to come on. I just had, all I needed to do was flip the switch. You've got all the power on the inside of you. All you got to do is flip the switch. You know, you might think some things are inactive. I saw on Facebook a, a former ITC student got a new electric blanket for Christmas. She got into that thing, turned it on, and started getting electrocuted. <laughs> At least that's her definition. She was getting a jolt, I'm sure. And I've gotten jolts. You know, sometimes you stick your fingers in the wrong place. You can get jolted. You don't, it doesn't look, you know, you look at a light socket, it doesn't look too appealing or uh, an outlet. There's an outlet right down there that's got one cord in it. It doesn't, it doesn't look exciting. But I'll tell you what, if you get two knives, stick one on each side and you're holding on to it, you'll find out how exciting it can get. And it's the same way with you. You think, oh man, I wish I had more power. I wish I had more. You've got more on the inside of you that needs to be stirred up. The Bible says, stir up the gift of God that is within you. Yeah. Stir it up. Thank you, Lord. So do not remember, dwell, don't dwell on the past that keeps you from seeing what God can do in your future or even experiencing what he's doing right now. I've, I've been in meetings where the glory of God was falling, people were getting healed, and some people were standing around bored. Wow. You remember, uh, do you remember uh, Ashley? I mean, she was, had a brain tumor. They, you know, she, uh, she, she, uh, she went blind. They didn't think she'd ever walk again. They brought her home. Uh, they brought her home from the hospital. They thought, well, let's just go to church. We were having a, a church meeting that night. And during the offering, they were holding her. During the offering, she wanted to, you know, you have kids rich. She wanted to get down. So they put her on the floor and she walked from back there up to here. She ain't supposed to walk. She was supposed to be blind. You know, and some people get bored. What are you going to do? 
Let's stir it up. I want to stir it up. I, you know, uh, I'd like to see more of that, wouldn't you? Well, sometimes we got to, you know, we get what we ask for. Scripture says we have not because we ask not. Glory to God. I want to get here. So don't be stuck in the past because God's got rivers just waiting to come out of you to wash away the desert. And I want to close with this. In Isaiah 65, verse 16, I want to close with this thought. I want to make myself clear. Isaiah 65, 16. He says, so that he who blesses himself in the earth shall bless himself in the Lord, the God of truth. He who swears on the earth shall swear by the God of truth because the former troubles are forgotten. Hallelujah. Because, and because they are hidden from my eyes. You know, have you ever rehearsed a sin or allowed Satan to rehearse a sin that you've committed over and over and over again? And you, you bring it up to God, and God says, I don't even know what they're talking about. Because he's chosen to forget it. If you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He said, he doesn't stop there. We're still in Isaiah. He says, for behold, I create a new heaven and a new earth and the former shall not be remembered or come to mind. But, but be glad and rejoice forever for in what I create. For behold, I create, a new, I create Jerusalem as a rejoicing and her people as a joy. Do you know what? You're a joy. And that Jerusalem he's talking about is a reference to the body of Christ. It's not just the city of Jerusalem. It is the body of Christ because you can go to Revelation chapter 21 or chapter 22. And he talks about the new Jerusalem coming down as a bride. He's coming, the, the new Jerusalem is the saints of the living God getting ready to be presented to the husband, which is Jesus Christ. Coming down, 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 coming down, down, down. The glory of the Lord is coming down. When the saints begin to praise. <laughs> that was one of our early songs back in the storefront. And the glory of the Lord is coming down. The guitar player used to be a country singer. <laughs> Hallelujah. But the people shall be a joy. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and joy in my people. The, the, the Lord is telling you that he joys in you. Another, Zephaniah, says he will rest in his love. He will joy over you with singing. Now, the point of this message, this whole message, is to expect life. And if you're a, a New Year's Eve type of person or New Year's type of person, then expect life in the new year. Expect vibrancy. Expect the living water to come forth. But also... But also, he talks about heaven, which, you know, I'm just not going to get to it today. 
Do you know that God wants you to think about heaven? I'm just going to share this. Still in the same thought, though. He says, we give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love for all the saints. Now that applies to us because we love everybody. We love everybody. Come on, smile at me, at least fake it. We love everybody. He says, love for all the saints because of the hope which is laid up in heaven for you. Now listen to this. He says, of which you heard before in the word of truth of the gospel. The gospel speaks of heaven. And heaven and hope is, hope is an anchor if you're not anchored in the truth, if you do, and, and hope is always looking for something future. It's always looking for something future. Heaven is a future reality for those of us that are living. It's a future reality, but, it, but when we believe in it and we speak of it, it is the anchor that keeps you from drifting. And if you don't, if you're not anchored and you're on a ship, you know, as long if you're moving, you don't want to be anchored. But if you're not anchored, you will drift. And the Bible talks about not people being shipwrecked. Why? Because they're not anchored in the hope of what God has ahead of us. You know what, if you're just living on CNN and ABC and CBS and just all that, you're anchored in the here and the now. But God's got something before us that we can be anchored in, that we can have hope for, gives us strength, gives us life. Man, I'll tell you what. I, I, made, I made a decision a long time ago that I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to party and if people aren't partying, I'll just make my own party. You can make your own party. You can sing unto the Lord a new song on the, in, on the inside, but then you can let it out. Let out the glory that's on the inside of you. Let out the glory, let out the power, let out the praise, because when you let it out, you're letting a river out, and it is affecting your atmosphere, it is affecting your life for the positive. Thank you, Lord. I was quitting anyway. <laughs> praise the Lord. You know what? You need to be lighthearted, because what's the opposite of lighthearted? Heavy-hearted. Praise you, Jesus. Lord, I just thank you and praise you right now for the river of life that is in each one of the people here within the sound of my voice. Lord God, and if they have not known you, if they have not received you, I pray in Jesus' name that they would open their hearts and say, Lord, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe that you were crucified 
for my sins, dead and buried. And three days later, you rose again from the dead. And now I receive a new spirit in me. I am born again in Jesus' name. And now, Father, I just thank you and praise you, Lord God, that your people are going to change the atmosphere in their homes, in their relationships, and in our community. I expect, I expect shafts of light to be breaking through the darkness in Jesus' name. 2022 is not going to be a bad year for the people of God. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come up.